It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. I'm Kevin, joined by Gordon. You can find all the old video podcasts, flowtrack.org slash flowtrackpodcast. And if you're watching on video, you can see Gordon is going with the sunglasses in the car setup for the third day in a row now, I guess. The, the Wednesday pod you recorded isn't coming out till Monday, but you've done three podcasts now in a row in, in a car. Yeah, I found my new uh, recording studio here in this A1 parking spot of the McDonald's parking lot. I've had the same spot. I'm, I'm comfortable now. I wake up. I have a routine. I drive here. It's about a three-minute commute from my Airbnb. I got the nice little beach view out the dashboard. Behind me, you can see the Popeye's chicken logo, but I'm actually in a McDonald's parking lot. It is a glorious day here at the beach. Nice and not crowded. Uh Galveston, man, you should you should make a trip out here. It's worth it. Now is the best time ever to go to the beach. That's all I got to say about that because there's no one here. I, so you can just enjoy time to yourself. I would imagine it'd be pretty empty. Explain the sunglasses. It's 9 in the morning. Is it that bright or is that just the beach look? Yeah, it's bright. It's bright. I'm, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of the beach look. It's a little bright. My eyes kind of can't handle the the glare sometimes uh and i just feel more comfortable i feel more relaxed with my eyes i have a lot of sunburn on my body and so having the glasses kind of relaxes my body my number one burn spot is the back of my knee like my calves and back of my knee and so i'm worried about going for a run because the the i'm not sure i feel like running with sunburn hurts i don't know yet i'll find out later today if running with sunburn hurts do you think it would hurt i hope it doesn't uh when you sweat it hurts and obviously when you take a shower it hurts yeah okay. from experience I'm so, i've been sunburned a lot oh, in my day so i'm okay. an expert to, to i may not be able to chime in on anything else uh, with any experience but with that i can attest um want to talk about akron dropping men's cross country also world athletics announced a grant program and We'll touch on some emails and maybe do some other stuff as well. But I feel always obligated to begin this podcast with a recap of the previous podcast that you do with Lincoln because they're just – they're such hits, man. They're such – I just hope people appreciate them as much as I do. You guys just jumped right into overrated, underrated conferences. You were just beating up on conferences, calling them overrated. And people – there's no way anybody was overrating them. So I don't know how they could be uh, possibly uh, – <laughs> Like they weren't high, holding them in any regard in general. Um, you, you start off hot out of the gun going to the American East. It just it was just incredible. It was an incredible hour. Well, it's al- alphabetic order, baby. Go with all 32. <laughs> you know, when we're in the middle of a pandemic, content ideas are hard to find, especially on those Thursday pods where you're just you're, – you're almost at the finish line. You're almost at that Friday pod, but you still got to do one more hour to get before you get to that finish line. And in that situation, me and Lincoln were like, all right, we're doing – it's conference week. Let's talk about conferences. And then we're like, hey, mm-hmm. you can never go wrong with more cross-country content. So we uh, did overrated, underrated of every conference. And I think we can surprise some people. I'm, I'm pitching this previous pod. So you guys should pause this pod 
and listen to last yesterday's pod. Go back in time, live that live that dream. But uh, you know, I I was very uh, I think I surprised Lincoln with my takes of conferences that I felt like were overrated and conferences that I felt like were underrated. Um, you know, there's one conference that I created that I said was overrated that probably 99.999% of the country would probably say is underrated, but I said they were overrated. So, uh, you don't want me, you, you don't want to say, be, which, you know, I, I listen to no, that. I'm not going to give it away. Yeah. Yeah. I will not give it away. Uh, I'll just, I'll just say this, uh, the name of that conference, the last word in its title is conference. That's all I'll tell you at this point. I'm <laughs> not going to go any further. Uh, I got really excited about collegiate conferences yesterday, in particular collegiate cross-country just in general, because we did this video with Lance Harder of Arkansas and Diljit Taylor of BYU re-watching last fall's cross-country championships. They went one, two, and they were nice enough to sit down and re-watch the race and give me their thoughts uh, on it. Um, Coach Taylor said she had watched the race over 50 times. Lance Harder said he had watched it maybe once. Uh, so it, it was very cool. <laughs> but and and we're hope we're going to run that next week hopefully but it got me just thinking to cross country and i i know it's tough to think that far ahead right now and i know we always talk about NAU on this podcast and on our website and i get it people maybe are sick of it but BYU NAU next year men's race is going to be awesome and obviously rooting for the season to happen for a number of reasons irrespective to that but just that fact alone BYU NAU is going to be a knockdown drag out battle and I it's one of those situations where I want to see it more than once and I, and it, it'll be great when it when it happens at the end of the year but I want to see those those two teams are good enough I want to have a I don't want just one chapter in next year's uh, battle between those two teams yeah and I I know I've been saying this since what like like since December maybe, but I, I know it's the NAU-BYU battle on that men's side, but there's a third team that is going to be very good that was not good last year, Arkansas men. They have a lot of Kenyan transfers, and if it's a good weather situation, which I think Stillwater, I think that weather is going to not be bad there, right? That's going to be an advantage for these guys. I know typically all Kenyan-type teams – struggle sometimes in these big races they can't all put it together at the same time but uh especially when it's bad weather but i i really do feel like this arkansas team they are gonna have three guys who are who are top 15 and if you have three guys who can finish in the top 15 you can put together a team that can compete against nau and byu so uh that's gonna be my fun little wild card for this uh was it fourth round of BYU, the fifth round of BYU NAU? When would mm -hmm, you say it started? Mm -hmm. I guess it started, this would be round four because BYU didn't really attempt to attack NAU uh, during until NAU's second run. So this will be round yeah. four for BYU NAU. So BYU looking to tie it up. <laughs> How would you have those three ranked right now? I would honestly rank NAU 1, Arkansas 2, BYU 3. Especially with Connor Mance with the injury, you know. I know Casey Klinger's yeah. coming back, but you know maybe there's a championship slump that some you know that great teams go through, right? Uh, BYU but, does seem like a team that gets on their high horse. They read the headlines a little too much there in Provo. That's what I've always thought. Because like Arkansas things. isn't just like we have five; they have like eight guys. And if you have eight guys, like that is very helpful. Like their six, seven are going not going to be like. You know, they're not going to be like, we have five guys, and then our seventh man is going to finish 230th. Like, their seventh man could easily finish 60th. Like, they have the depth, especially with all their transfers. I mean, they got a, a sub-14 guy from Belmont. Like, mm -hmm. they, they, they've they been getting people all over. So, it's going to be interesting. Well, uh, they got – so, the let me, let me just give you the BYU – side of things here because in prior years and even last year up until they did it at the national championship race they just didn't have enough firepower up front to contend with nau right when it came down to it they had a lot of depth we talked about how they had two top sevens that could make the ncaa meet but they didn't have that firepower up front this year they absolutely have that with mance with Klinger. 
and with Shumway. And then you bring back Garnica, who's All-American last year. At least three of those guys can be top 10. They're going to have the depth because they have the depth every single year with those guys. So this is the first year they're coming in with that level of um, low sticks in the front of the pack. Now, I, I guess back in the Clayton Young, Connor McMillan, Linklater years, they had that potential too, and it didn't happen at the NCAA meet. But now you've got a guy in Mance who's done it. You have a guy in Klinger who's done it before. Shumway's obviously finished way high up, both in track and cross country. That That's why I think it's going to be a different battle. And NAU, you haven't even talked about NAU yet. I mean, what does NAU bring back next year? Pretty much everything. But... And they add Nico. So yeah, they're scary good. Yeah. But the thing about BYU, the reason why I don't have them second or first is because you just mentioned their big three. They all have a, yeah. a question mark. Connor Mance, obviously injured. You know, Casey Klinger coming off of mission. So, we don't, I mean, he'll be in shape, but is he going to be 100% in shape? You don't know. I think Clayson Shumway also was injured, right? He didn't. He had a yeah. redshirting uh, last fall. So, um, they don't have, like, their th- big three aren't, like, locked and loaded and, and running. I mean, maybe they're going to be fine and healthy when it comes to August and September, and this will be a mute point. But I think BYU is going to be, in my mind, will be ranked third until they run their first race. And if you see these three guys be like, oh, we're good, then then they're like, okay, let's move them up to second or first. That'll be my, yeah. my thought. I'm just, ex- I'm just excited because it's it's clear that it's a rivalry now. They got one off them last year. It's not a contrived thing that we need to say, oh, they were pretty close. No, they beat them. They upset them fair and square last year in Terre Haute. And neither team is getting – worse too right you, you kind of expect these things to go in chapters and then the new chapter starts and it takes a while to to pick up but this one is good i mean who who leaves off that nau team beamish and that's it right yeah they just lose beamish but then they add yeah ryan raff and nico young so right it's yeah like, and they had they all those fresh they had all those yeah they had all those freshmen redshirt freshmen last year who who ran well in in Terre Haute, and they have grahalva back who's going to be extra motivated. I mean, we saw how motivated he was in track season. Uh, and then after track got canceled and he ran the the fabled uh, 403 in altitude. Is that what Tyler Day told the story? Converts to like mid 350s. That's all you need to know. Yeah. He's ready. He's ready now. He wants cross country to start now. Yeah. 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 He's going to set the record for fastest first 8K of a cross country season. <laughs> yeah, <they're laughs> He's going to rip apart gonna... Buffalo Park. Yeah, it's going to be wild. Anyway, yeah. but cross-country, man, what are your thoughts on Akron getting cut? Yeah, sad sad news. So they cut men's cross-country. They also cut two other sports there. Um, said that they're saving $4.4 million. It's interesting to me because you think cross-country versus track. Track is so much more expensive. It also includes a lot more athletes in it, right? It, it, it would disrupt way more people's collegiate careers versus cross country where theoretically most people who run cross country are also running distance on the track side of things. But from all indications, this is the first big program to do this since the pandemic came up, like the first division one program that is um, established. We obviously know what they've done on, on the track, but even in cross country, they they were seventh last year in Great Lakes. They were um, in in the MAC, they had the individual champion out there too. So it seems like, from what I'm reading, this is going to be a more common occurrence until the financial situation gets gets stabilized across the across the country. Yeah, I mean, what is it? It was men's golf, men's cross, and women's tennis. Yes, I believe that's right. right. So, did they talk about how like? how much each one cost because i feel like the reason why men's cross was cut was because um for two reasons i think they were like hey cutting men's cross country isn't really hurting the athletes because really two-thirds of this of the year they still have a sport to do they still have indoor and outdoor Mm -hmm. so like oh we're only asking them take a 33 percent cut on their collegiate career you know, because they still get to participate 
in the NCAA system mm-hmm. in two other seasons. So I think they look yeah. at it as like it's not that hard of a cut on them because again, they get they're not they still get to be runners for Akron, right? They still get to put on the Akron yeah. jersey. So I think they mentally think it's not that big of a deal. I also think it's a easy Title Nine helper, right? Because if they're gonna cut, if they're gonna cut uh, women's tennis, they hundred percent need to start cutting men's events. So it helps them with their Title Nine numbers because, you know, it's you but know, also it's easy golf to, too. Yeah, but I mean, golf I, I probably know. doesn't. Yeah, right. golf. I feel like it's the most expensive. Would you say? I don't know. Right. I don't know. Well, I don't, yeah, I am not plugged into the collegiate golf scene there. But if you think about the extremes in terms of how much a sport costs to participate in, you'd put distance running on one side, and you'd probably put golf, maybe football, with all the all the equipment that is required. But getting onto a golf course is not cheap. I don't know the setup collegiately, but they have to travel. They have to go to competitions the same way that tennis does. The thing with, and this is probably why people are scratching their head, is cross country. They're traveling a handful of times a year. They don't require much equipment, and the scholarship hit, <laughs> right? And the scholarship hit isn't dramatic. You're probably bringing in people to the school. I, I we posted on our site a, a video from a D three coach, and you know D three doesn't offer scholarships and she was giving basically her elevator pitch and she's like, Hey, we get people to come to the school to pay full tuition because they want to do sports too. And that's the case at, at some division one programs as, as well too, especially ones mid-major or lower, lower tier programs. So it's uh it's, it's a head scratcher. What you're saying makes some sense though, where you want to lessen the impact of this. So you, pick a sport where athletes are also competing in another sport. I feel bad, really bad for the other two sports where their entire collegiate career gets uprooted. Um, I'm worried, of course, and I'm sure coaches throughout the country are worried that this is going to be the pretext for a lot of other decisions that they would otherwise want to make. Like athletic departments would want to cut down the amount of sports. I saw that the uh, some higher-ups within the NCAA were meeting a couple weeks ago and they were talking about, okay, what's the minimum amount of sports to sponsor to still be considered division one. And they were thinking of lowering that. Well, if you're going to lower that obviously means sports are going to get cut because budgets are going to get leaner. But I would guess that even in good times, people want to be in a solid financial position. So I I think that that's going to be factored in here too. The fact of, okay, well, we got to make cuts somewhere. And when we get out of this, we want to be a good financial position position. It's just weird it's with just cross country. Ju- it's just weird. Yeah. Well, just in general with all of the, the, the whole NCAA or well, collegiate sport model is waiting to just be collapsed by uh, waiting to break. And I feel like Corona might be that way to break it. And by break, I mean, it is not financially feasible to support all these athletes that don't that just are that are just spending money by spending money i mean like you don't make any return on investment by having a track and field program you just don't i mean flying a triple jumper across the country to jump three times and foul and come back and do that four more times isn't going to isn't going to generate money, right? You're just spending money, mm. and the money you're spending mm. is money that you generate from TV deals on football or basketball, but that mm. only goes so far, and then the football basketball people want to take that money and make their facilities even bigger, and you go to, I, I've been to so many college campuses. It is You're like at luxury resorts when it comes to these athletic facilities because they mm-hmm. keep on spending and spending. They feel like they have to keep up appearances for these 17 and 18 year old football player recruits to be like glitz and glamour look at this we have this high tech bubble and all this stuff you know and yeah. i think that the all these athletic departments are just not financially they're just kind of kicking the can every season down the down the road be like all right next year will be fine oh, it'll be better next year and we just develop this debt and debt and debt and kind of covering it with alumni costs and all this stuff and eventually yeah. it's going to break and uh People all wouldn't say, well, 
football spends so much money and football loses money. Yes, football loses money, but it also, like, if we, there's no football, then there's no money at all, right? So it's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's weird. It's like, I don't know how to, like, they, it, we just, we as a track and field need community need to realize that, like, yes, we think our sport's cheap, right? It is. All we need is running shoes. And school doesn't even need to pay for those. You could just go get them on your your own in a, in a weird way. We don't need facilities. Yeah. We just need trails. But, like, there's, we, we are just kind of, the NSA model is just a charity for Olympic sports. And eventually that charity is going to run out of money, right? The charity of yeah. football paying for us to develop Olympic level athletes. Football literally, like, are the America's love of watching Clemson and Alabama play, pig, throw a pigskin back and forth is what is allowing us. Skin. Is that is what is allowing us to develop the Grant Holloways and the Sam Kendricks of this world and the Simone Biles and the Michael Phelps when he went to Michigan. Like those people have a system to go to, this collegiate system with all the facilities and structure, these eighteen to twenty two year olds all become that these football and basketball programs are creating with the fans that we go watch. You know? Like one you know, people be like, NCAA's corrupt. They have so much money. NCAA is the reason why we have, why America is the, the best in non-revenue sport athletics, right? Like, we can shit on the NCAA all we want, but if there's no NCAA, I don't think we have, I don't, if there's no NCAA, I don't think Grant Holloway wins a world title in 2019. I mean, Yes, there's going to be people like a Noah Lyles who can just go right away and like just be a star and get that pro coaching. But some people need to like learn at age 19 and 20 and have a NCA have a Mike Holloway in their life to train them, right? And Mike mm-hmm. Holloway's salary is paid for by an athletic department that makes money because they're a football team, you know. Tim Tebow is just a big long in, a PSA for Tim Florida. Tebow in a weird way <laughs> is responsible for for Christian Taylor and Grant Holloway's success because Tim Tebow well, drove revenue yeah. for the football team. That money went into the pockets of the of the athletic department. Athletic department then said, "Hey, Mike Holloway is a really good coach. We should give him lots of money." They gave him money, and then Mike Holloway is now incentivized to train great athletes, and then he trains these great Florida athletes, like. All because you know it's weird. It's all connected. Yeah, yeah. So that wasn't a Florida PSA, or that was because it got very no. Florida it's heavy it's there like everywhere. I know I you've mean, been same down thing there. at Oregon. Okay. Same thing at Stanford. Yeah. Like the reason why Ryan Hall had like his career, like had a good like collegiate career and coaching, is because the Stanford football team back in two thousand and two or whatever. You know, yeah. and well, that's I mean, what's Stanford's weird when. Got- yeah. Stanford's one of those schools though that could fund this I mean with the endowment could actually yeah fund some stuff and their foot their football no team actually does do- well I'm just saying they they it's there's a difference between SEC football and Stanford football from a revenue yeah. standpoint um I saw that number though I don't know how you saw that number 4.4 million and I thought well, that's pretty low like that's all they're cutting three sports and they're only saving. 4.4 million and you see that and you're like man someone could step in and, and and save it at some point or like at that point like and i get it it's it's not it's not an sec school it's not a big 10 school it's not a pac-12 school it's not one of these enormously um, funded universities with big ticket football games that uh, football teams that are making these uh, lucrative bowl games and what have you but just 4.4 for three three sports and i know there's like administrative costs that go along with that that to me didn't didn't seem like a a gigantic a gigantic amount of savings yeah i mean i feel like it seems like a giant i mean four million dollars is a lot of money man it takes a lot of time it takes a lot of things to spend four million dollars on i don't know i'm able to survive in the world of sports much less than that in the world (laughs) in, in the world of sports though if you have a team of 15 people and you're traveling around to five meets a year and you're putting them up in hotel like that just alone in just terms of like travel costs 
you you rack up yeah. a pretty high number pretty quickly. You travel a lot. You stay in some of the finest hotels the world has yeah. to offer. You know how expensive travel can be. You you've been to Terre Haute, Indiana. I I don't know. I guess I just uh, I I thought the savings would be would be larger, but I don't know the the overall budget. Um, let's stay on the topic. Do you of money, think this though. is good? Do you think this is going to continue? Do you think yes. other? Do you think this is a yes. avalanche? Do you think there'll ever be a Power Five school that does it? Do you think there'll ever be like a school or team that? I mean, not trying to disrespect Akron cross country, but cutting Akron cross country is not the same thing as cutting Colorado cross country, right? Just because right, of right. you know one is a little bigger. Again, it's still a tragedy for these athletes who train and they go there. You know, these juniors or like we're looking forward to their senior year, and then all of a sudden ripped out from underneath them. I get it, especially their outdoors track season was ripped out, and then all of a sudden cross country's ripped out. It's like what? This is crazy, you know. Um, but like, do you think there will be a a big named Power Five? Maybe not even Power Five, but just like school that is like always like nationally good, nationally ranked. That will cut. Mm, I think what's going to happen is when other schools have to make budget decisions. They're going to look at all their Olympic sports, which is how they classify a lot of these things, the, the non-football and basketball. They're going to look at those sports and all else being equal, I think they're going to look at the schools, that the sports that make the biggest imprint, right? So if you have a, you've had a wildly successful cross-country team that's made the national meet and done all these things, I think you're, and, but then you have a, a golf program that just got started a few years ago and isn't that good you're probably going to cut golf. But for the programs that haven't been that successful and you're weighing these two decisions, I mean, the alumni blowback is a real thing, right? And you're going to have more involved alumni in sports that have been successful at that university. So I think school by school, they're going to look at it. I mean, what's the difference in in budget between something like volleyball versus something like cross country or something like track versus tennis. They'll have to weigh that. And if the numbers are pretty similar, I think they're going to give preference to the to the one that's going to cause the least amount of, of pushback. But I mean, there's already schools in Power Five conferences, obviously, that don't sponsor track and cross country. That happens yeah. all throughout the country already. So it's no, it, I, I think it could definitely happen. Yeah. I mean, there's no men's West Virginia cross country or track, right? And we just, you know, it's just you, you Delaware talk. was Utah men. Yeah. This is, you know, it's, it's everywhere. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what you hope, what you hope for though, is if they do have to do it, they do it in a way where they wind it down and give the athletes time to find another place before it's just cut like immediately right at that moment. That's, I think that's what you, what you hope for. So give Nobody them plan a, for this. Give them a last dance type moment. You'd be like, all right, last, you know, La final last season go moment. around. Well, because you're in. That would be kind of cool scholarship. if, like, if we if the program is like we're 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 getting rid of you in 2022, and then that team was like, fuck it, we are going ham, and they go out and like win a national title. <laughs> they just get all that motivation to like, let's do it, and then they're like, cut this, and they just raise a trophy up. That'll be a great story. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. If hey, remember remember to email us if that happens, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Gordon and Jeremy will follow you around for the entire entire year. Uh let's talk about world athletics though. They uh rolled out a grant program here, half a million dollars. They're gonna give out in installments of up to four thousand dollars of grants of up to four thousand dollars is what athletes can make. Now the athlete can't have an anti-doping suspension. They already have to be qualified for the Tokyo Olympics and they need to prove that they need the money, basically. What do you think? How do you prove you need the money? You send them your taxes. Your last pay stub, maybe? Your last two pay stubs? You get a reference? I don't know. I'm not sure. I guess, do you have a sponsor that pays you a lot? No? Okay, well then, I feel bad for you. So basically, anyone who's everyone who's not sponsored, basically. Oh, I made I I made that part up. I don't know. I would guess people whose income has been drastically disrupted by this, which is most people. Um, 
but maybe you compare 2019, you show them 2019 versus 2020 and you say, Hey, look at all this, look at all these races where I was able to travel and get prize money. I can't do that anymore. Yeah. But like, but like, yeah, like Sydney's not getting any prize money right now, but she's fine. Cause her base salary is still treating her well. Right. right? So I guess yes. they have to yeah, improve. Yeah, yeah. You got to find yeah, somebody always- good enough to have, you have to find somebody who's good enough that they've made and qualified for the Olympics, but not so good that they have a don't, sponsorship. don't have a sponsorship or don't have a uh, huge cost. Maybe they have a small sponsorship. Maybe it's a, a lot of athletes overseas. You think about your, your 205 marathoners from Ethiopia, of which there are plenty or on the women's side of things like the 220, 221 women who now don't get a didn't get a spring payday and the fall payday is up in the air Uh oh gordon's being what's going on in your car here gordon you're looking around there's there's some homeless people outside my car fighting sorry oh wow it's okay can you keep going or do you want to take a pause yeah yeah, yeah. we're good we're good He, he okay we're good they're walking away okay sorry if you need to go and and uh, do your civic duty. All right, we're good. We're good. We're good. Peace. No, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Sorry. Okay. That was wild. All Did right. you hear what I said? <laughs> uh, you, I was kind of looking over to my corner eye to make sure yeah. I was okay. But we're good. What's up? What were you saying? Okay. One more time. Well, I'm not worried people, about you. I'm worried about uh, them. I'm worried about. Uh, I was just saying you got to you got to thread the needle. You got to thread the needle. You got to find yeah. somebody out there. But I, as you were mentioning before we started, this is tough because there's so many people involved in in track and field. There's Tons of athletes. Yeah, I always think it's interesting, like, grant programs for our sport, like, the way they decide who gets it, because our sport is so much bigger than the people who actually make the global championship level. Like, USATF mm-hmm. has, like, a bunch of grants process, or grants, situ- what's the word? Has a bunch of grants for, like, their athletes, right? And yep. a lot of yep. times this money goes to the people who make world teams, right? Like the people who are top mm-hmm. three and those people, the people who are top three don't really need grants. I mean, maybe some of them who are in lesser marquee events might need it, but the people who need the grants the most are the people who are finishing eighth at USA's or even 16th at USA's, right? The people who mm-hmm. aren't consistently representing team USA. But the problem is if you have to find a way to, to pay for the grants for the 16th best athlete in one event, that number adds up very quickly because again, we have 18 events times two, you know, over 30 events, the 16th best athlete in the 30th event, that number adds up to about, you know, 3000 people. And you multiply three thousand. I think I'm doing my math right. Yeah, right. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. This yeah, is I'm good. not. I'm not this sure if I'm doing stuff. math right. I was an engineer. I should know this better. Uh, but uh, it it just like adds up. So like, in an athlete's world, they only think about like their event. They're like, hey, I'm the twelfth best hundred meter runner in our country. Right. Yeah. I should. You know. I. You should. You should uh, support the twelfth best runner in the country. But the thing is, there are 30 12 best athletes in the country right there's 30 of them and then there's 30 11th place there's 30 10th place there's 30 16th place and that adds up and it's hard to uh with the way our sports designed it's not that big of a revenue driver unfortunately and maybe that's the first problem is how do you drive more revenue because if you can drive more revenue then there's more money for us to start giving out more grants to people who aren't just making world teams every year, you know? And I think yeah, uh, yeah. that's a challenge that USATF is always trying to solve, right? How to increase revenue in order to kind of fill, to kind of help out the, the lower tier athletes. Because if you be honest, if you're 12th in the nation, you don't consider yourself a low tier athlete. You consider yourself like, I'm fucking good. I'm 12th. Like, yeah. In a country of 300 million people, you're 12th fastest person. It's pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, but I'm trying to just like, be the well, 12th best running podcaster. There you go. See, exactly. I'm proud about that. Yeah. I mean, no, you're right. You're. If you here's the here's the cruel reality though. Here's the cruel reality that that people 
in track realize eventually it's just because you're good at something doesn't mean you're going to get paid for it. And being 12th yeah. best in the country means you're really good. If you're the 12th best 100 meter runner, you know how many people try to run the 100 in this country? Go to a high school track meet. See how many people run yeah. the 100. Everybody, everybody runs the 100. And to be to rise to the level where you'd be top 12 to where you'd make a U.S. semifinal is huge. But again, that doesn't mean you're going to get – it's an amazing accomplishment. doesn't mean you're going to get compensated appropriately for it, though. Yeah. And so when I see these grants, I mean, and this is not the global level. I mean, $4,000 seems like nothing in, when you compare it to like other sports, right? The league yeah. minimum in baseball is half a million dollars. Yet we're going to mm -hmm. give 125 people $4,000, right? It's just like, mm -hmm. it's kind of wild how it just really puts in perspective our sports revenue mm -hmm. uh, landscape versus other sports. Where four thousand yeah. dollars is like, I mean, we we're on a podcast with uh, Josh Kerr. Um, you guys can listen to it on um, on Monday. But he talks about he still hasn't gotten paid for his prize money for World Athletics for his finish oh, really? in the fifteen hundred meter final. Yeah, he still hasn't gotten paid. <laughs> what? He so was, if he hasn't gotten he got that money, mo I don't know when people are going to get this four. How much was it? He was like six, wasn't he? It was he? like six grand. Yeah, six grand. So I wasn't yeah. got it. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, that's wild too to think you can be six in the world and get six grand. That tells you a lot right there too. Yeah. That's like worth one three-pointer in the NBA, six grand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's one. That's like one quarter of Steph Curry playing basketball. Well, maybe not even yeah. one quarter. Maybe maybe less. I guess you'd have to, to, to do the math like there to figure 20 it out. 20 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> It's Steph Curry in a timeout is, is six grand basically. Um, all right. I want to end the week on a lighter note, a lot of heavy topics today. I want to end it on a lighter note. I want to bring back one of my favorite segments. You're ambivalent about it, but that's okay. I think it's, you're going to, you're going to like it soon. Uh, it's called Instagram trivia where I read a caption from a Instagram post made by a person in the running world. And you have to guess who that person is. Are you ready? Got it. I'm okay, ready. Last time for you were, what, what was that? Two for two last time? Three for three? You were two for two. You okay. were two for two. Okay. So are you ready for round two? So the rules now. of the game are you're going to say an Instagram caption and I have to guess mm -hmm. who the athlete is. Yep. And they're all, they are all prominent people within the running world. It's not Allegiant the 12th pros. best runners. <laughs> it, yeah, it's not. I'll try to keep in. Uh, yeah. And if it is, it's a prominent 12th best runner. So you'll be able to figure okay. out. Okay. All right. This one, this one is uh, it's way back from uh, April 1st, which was six weeks ago. But I like the caption. It says, my life is a joke. Got you, idiots. My life is a joke. Got you, idiots. Paul Tolima? Craig Engels. Craig Ooh. Engels. All right, okay. 0 for 1. That's okay. That's hard, right. man. How am Next. I, I going to get that? I mean. Here we go. I should have started with this one. This is an impossible game. Owner, I'm sorry. Proud new owner of this game. bad boy will be converting it into an RV with Manahan to kill some time during this quarantine. Hashtag van life. I should have done that one first. I mean, that's Craig. There you go. Okay, you're 1 for 2. You're 1 for 2. All right, let's, 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 get, let's get into the black here. Let's get out of the red. Next one. Are you okay. ready? Number 3. No, I'm not. I'm not no one, one for two. I'm three for. I'm three for four. I'm. I'm yeah, no first, one expects you to go 100. Yeah, okay. you don't. You get one wrong. It's okay. Okay, ready. This is number three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it. You've got a whole extra year to quote get stronger end quote, and next year is quote your year end quote. Well, here's your reminder that I'm still here, ready to destroy your silly dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ready to destroy your silly dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Extra year. Who has like that cocky attitude? Can I get a event group? Mid distance. Oh, Centro. Craig Angles. Sorry. You're now ah. one for three on today. <laughs> Here to destroy your Damn silly it. dreams, though, is some is some heat. That's some heat, right? 
Well, it's his comedy. That's that's his that's his take on comedy. Mm, I'm gonna be yeah. an asshole today, and everyone's gonna laugh at it. That's what that was. I liked it though. You didn't like it? It's good. Here no, to it's good. Your, it's good. Here to it's good. I'm I wondering like who he's no. talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got an extra year, and you're getting stronger. I like that. Uh, who's talking? Right, are about? you ready for the Is next? Talking about I'm trying to make a joke. That's what he's talking about. Anyway, you continue. sure? I think. All right, all right. I gotta get back. No more Craig Angles. Can we just do a non-Craig Angles one? Or was this yeah, the whole we bit that you were just going to lift only Craig Angles? Well, that well, that was a joke for the that was a joke for the first three. But I, I screwed it up because okay. I should I was I should have done the van first where it was obvious. You're like, oh, Craig Angles, and I do the next one. And it was Craig Angles, but I read them in chronological order. Uh here's one. One degree down, one more to go. Hashtag USC grad. One degree down, one more to go. Hashtag USC grad. Michael Norman? Mm. Right. Benjamin? In, in, incorrect. Tony Shateri. She graduated oh. in three years. Props to her. I just want to say congratulations. Oh, does that mean That's she's awesome. going pro? Well, she says one degree, one to go. I'm guessing she's going to do a grad program. Because okay. now she's got, I don't even know how many years of eligibility now with the, with the corona and the like. But yeah. um, Well, you think they're all going to try to go pro if they can make a, a, an Olympic team next year? She was, so. I had forgotten, she was... I think he was sixth at USA's last year, so so she was right there. Yeah. Um. All right. How how are you feeling so I'm, far? I'm having a bad day right now. This is like I'm a. You're it's coming in four. batting 100, and now I'm batting 250. This isn't good. 250 still. Yes, overall. Bad. Okay, here we. It's not bad yet. Okay, so this is a this is a video where they're doing core work, and the caption says, "Who did it better?" At King James, core work, getting fit, let's work. Who's with us? Hashtag strive for greatness. Hashtag Mamba mentality. At Nike, at Nike running, at Nike basketball. Okay, so it's a Nike athlete. Core work. Yes. Who's a, you did it. Who's like a Nike basketball fan? Who's like a basketball fan? Here's the key hashtag here. Mamba mentality. That's the key hashtag that will give this away. Cholimo? <laughs> no. Jordan Hesse. She is ran angled? the Olympic trials. Then it, no, it's Hesse. Oh, she Jordan Hesse. She ran the Olympic trials. In the, come on, man. Oh, man, I'm really bad at this game. I, what do we do? I should have reti retired young. I should have retired young. What am I doing? Okay. I, I'll, be better, I'll be better at the T-first game instead. Let's be honest. Yeah, should we have, should we have done the... Uh... That's my actual calling. Oh. We could play that another time. All right, one more. Right. I gotta go out with a win. Give me a win. Give me a give me a good no, we, uh, W. You have you have more than one. We're doing we're doing more than one. We need to get you back to five hundred here. Take life day by day and be grateful for the little things. Don't get caught up on what you can't control. Focus on the positive. Tokyo twenty twenty one on my mind. Go hard or suffer the rest of your life. And then a bunch of hashtags. I don't know, man. How am I supposed to know who that is? Go hard or suffer the rest of your life. It's it's this person's motto go harder suffer the rest of your life yeah who is this person how am i supposed to know the motto of this person go hard or suffer i mean chalimo correct paul chalimo thank there you, you go. Stop, compla right. stop complaining and answer questions come on man that chalimo. that was the whole that was in the lemong instagram back and forth because he said uh go hard unless they beat you or something like he made fun of his hashtag come I'll on dude you know you need i I have a life outside of track and I don't have like these Instagram caption knowledge encyclopedia in my head. You're on that you're I, on Twitter all the time. I don't time. follow like Instagram I barely follow runners on Twitter or Instagram, just for the record. Oh, you sh you should. It's helpful. Um Okay, this is this is good. I'll give you a hint on this one. This is a good caption though. Uh this is a this is a men's eight hundred meter runner. Okay. Racing neighborhood kids on their bike. Yeah, racing neighborhood kids on their bikes is a challenge these days. There was no exchange of words, but when the little girl on her purple mongoose matched my pace, we both knew the race was on. Isaiah Harris. What do you got? Incorrect. Isaiah Harris. Also incorrect. Right, um, purple mongoose bike. The race was on. Yep. Um. Eric Swinsky? No. Oof. You want to tweet that. That's a whiff. No. Swing and uh, miss. Dwayne Solomon? No. 
uh, I it think it's is, a young person. It is. It's so just guess the young person. Yes. Bryce. Is it Bryce? There we go. Bryce Hopple. Okay. There you go. Okay. So but I feel like that's something that one wrong. Isaiah Harris would do. I want I bet you Isaiah Harris has also raised a, a child on a bike. So I think I get a, I get a, a sack fly or at least or something or like a, yeah. Or a, yeah, this, a walk. I don't know. I don't know what you're, uh, I don't know why you're so bad at this game after being so good. I think it's because I'm at the beach. I'm at the beach. I'm and a little lazy now, kind of sunburnt. My mind is all over. Right. Almost got two homeless people almost broke into my cars. It's been a wild pod. For they me. were fighting. Why would they break into your car? All right, ready? Are you ready well, for the guy? The guy was one? leaning on my. He was leaning on my car. He was like they were touching my car. Oh, they were like leaning onto the window, fighting, and I was like, "Shit!" <laughs> the doors were got locked, it. so that was good. Anyway, get it. All right. Uh, Let's go the... out with the win. Go out with. I'm trying to help you. A home run. I'm like, I'm giving you like the easiest stuff possible here. With I don't think you understand that... how ridiculous it is for me to know generic words to it. I'm gonna athlete. put. Jo- There's jo- so many athletes. Can we get? Can we get JoJo to be in your place the next time we do this? Is that JoJo would be that? really good at this? You'd probably be like, oh yeah, I saw that. I retweeted it. Yeah, no, JoJo would know yeah. all of them. I don't. Yeah, yeah I don't. I'll... Okay, go. Here we go. Give me, give I me just, a good one, and I'm gonna get it right. I'm just, ta- I'm just tired of your excuses. Um, what's that? <laughs> give me. I just want that, you to stop the uh, Instagram. I'm just tired of your excuses. Who? Yeah, something? no, I mean, I, I, I am, but uh, no, I'm trying to find the. I'm trying to find one now. Like you're, you've made this difficult. Your inability to uh, get these things right um, has kind of flustered me because I thought I you were ready for advanced level stuff and clearly yeah, i know clearly you're not you, Sorry, how about this you know, how about you you pick an I'll event group prospect but i you, haven't developed you you pick an event group and then i will and then i will find one how about that 100 meter 100 meters okay you ready for this yeah i got i got one of those actually right here marked measured and ready for takeoff. And it's a picture of this athlete no. holding tape. It looks like for a uh, relay start. Looks for a relay start? Marked, measured, and ready for takeoff. Yeah. And uh, this tweet was liked by this tweet was liked by Grant Holloway and six thousand two hundred and fifty seven others. Uh Nathaniel Mitchell Blake. If I'm trying to make this easy, why would I do Nathaniel Mitchell Blake? No, it's Justin Gatlin. This game is canceled until further notice. This just died. I don't know what the problem is. I didn't know Justin Gatlin used – no, hold on. I thought – I I eliminated Justin Gatlin because I thought he's not on social media. Didn't he quit social media? Everybody quits and then everybody comes back, I think. You know what's interesting? People don't – everybody just posts on stories now. Very few people post on – uh, actual like just regular traditional Instagram with captions. So, yeah. I guess I need to take screenshots before these stories go away when I see obvious ones. But um, we need to play this game back at you and make you feel embarrassed the way you're embarrassing me right now. So, no, I could do it. I think I it's okay it. though. Most... Be... It's okay to suck at this game. I feel like if you suck at this game, that means you have a life. That's what I like to think. No, I have a great life. I got I got two kids. I got a wife. Everything's going well. I just I you look at six or six Instagram. I look at track Instagram. Yeah. So because neither one of us is better than the other. So, but one of them uh, we're paid to to talk and write about, and the other one, well, you're unofficially paid to write about the Sixers because it pays you with warmth in your heart when you get those Reddit upvotes. So I do want to ask you one question. (laughs) I get paid in upvotes. Uh. I like talking about uh, basketball with you on this track podcast because everyone loves <laughs> last dance. Track. Let's go. We got six minutes. Last Let's da- do it. I got, I got a last dance question for you. For those who yep. are watching that documentary, great documentary. There's a scene about Pippen taking, uh, t- t- taking himself out of the game and basically quitting on his team. And yes. uh, w- what do you think would, do you think that has ever happened? I feel like that can happen in the track world where an athlete's like, I want to be the, the four by four anchor and I'm not running the four by four. I don't want to run the four by one because, you know, I feel disrespected or 
you know do you think that ever has ever happened at a, like a high level important stage yes don't you have firsthand knowledge of this situation exactly happening or that wasn't a anchor thing i was just people not wanting to run four by fours right in general yeah 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 that okay. was yeah you're talking the, about the... you're 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 talking about somebody uh wanted to run anchor or wanted to run a specific leg and then they don't so they're like i'm not doing it basically yeah i feel like that has 100%. happened for team usa 100%. in the four by one right Hundred, yes, it has to hundred percent, hundred percent. Which is, um, which is wild. Why yeah. do people care so much? Like Why I heard that Justin so Gatlin doesn't want to do anchor because he doesn't want, didn't want to be anchor against like the Jamaica teams because he didn't want to get rolled up by Bolt. I don't is think that that's true. I think they put him. No, I don't think that's true. I, I, I think they put him on second because he was the fastest for a while, and you put your, a lot of times you're putting your, your fastest leg second. That's just how it, but how it goes. Jamaica put tradition bolt last. Yeah, I mean, everybody does it differently, but a lot of people are putting their their fastest. Per- Wait, what? What did U.S. I'm blanking now on what U.S. did. They went. Lyles anchored. Yeah, yeah. Coleman led off, right? Didn't it go Coleman to Gatlin? No, I think to Rogers, Rogers off to Lyles. No, I think they put I think Rogers led off. They put Coleman third. Oh, now this is going to bother me. I'm going to look this up. Well, I don't uh, know. Just from talking to I should know this. like having some like side conversations with Carl Lewis when filming the Houston documentary, he talked about how there is a lot of political games that go on with the four by one order, and it can be controversial. Like oh, it happened on yeah, the Coleman side where like you they thought like, hey, I was top four. At the U.S. trials, I'm on the four by one, and then though they put Allison Felix on there instead, you know, things like that happen, yeah. where they're kind of like, because yeah, I mean, Let, I mean that happened. I get that kind of. I guess you could say that kind of happened here because Justin Gatlin and Nora Lyles both did not run the hundred, right? Nobody was did questioning Nor- that though. I I was right about the I was right about the order. It was Coleman to. Coleman to Gatlin to Rogers to Lyles. Rogers going third was the thing that was kind of like, oh, that's weird. But then I think I asked him after the prelim, and he's like, oh, I used to run, I've run third a bunch of times on relay legs, so I'm fine. Listen, uh, you're asking me if this could happen in track and field. I say a, a thousand percent. It happened in a team sport with a very strong coach on a championship team with one of the most important players and he took himself out of the game. Imagine the shenanigans that go on in track when you have a whole collection of individuals come together and the coach is somebody that oftentimes they've never worked with or isn't their actual coach and they're making edicts and rules up and your teammates are the people who are oftentimes your fiercest rivals. Of course this has happened. This probably happens. I, there's some drama, I bet, on a relay between the 4x4 and the 4x1 at Worlds and Olympics every single time they get together. It's just a matter of how big of a deal it is and how many people find out about it. Whether it's who's off, who's on, who's running what leg, who doesn't want to run, who does want to run, all the time. And so, if you probably go into lower div- – I bet there's situations all the time where in college, high school, coach says, hey, you run an anchor on the 4x4, and the person takes them. They don't want to run it. For whatever reason, they say, I'm not going to run. Just like Scotty took himself out of the game, not having, not because they uh, are jealous because Tony Kukoc gets the last shot, but they just don't want to run it for whatever reason, and they leave their teammates high and dry. Spoiler alert, man! Tony Kukoc, man! Spoiler. No, but I mean, uh, if you don't know I guess, that, I mean, come on. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I mean, looking back at the Team USA on the men's side in the four by one, they. They haven't had a good record the past like ten global championships, right? And a lot of it right. is Miss Dropatons. There was remember that year when they didn't have a bib; they had to like fake a bib because they didn't yep, have their yep, bib yep. in time. Like it was like twenty twelve yep. or twenty eleven or something like that. You know, it just keeps on happening. Why? Yeah. Why does that keep on happening? I have a lot of different reasons that we've talked about. Mostly, your. There's no practice going on. They're not together at relay camp. Um, for a while there, I think there were they think were it's... getting it. Hmm. Oh, sorry. Continue. 
Well, and well, the the counter to that though is I remember people asked Jamaica, and they said, well, they didn't really practice either, and they were able to to get the stick around. I think a lot of it was just pressure too. At a certain point, it was don't screw up, and anytime you're trying not to screw up, that's when you normally do screw up in anything in life. I feel like it just magnifies the 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 pressure of what you're doing. But just because Jamaica didn't practice doesn't mean not practicing is a good idea, right? Like you could not study for the engineering test and get an A. That doesn't mean I should take that same class next semester and not study because Gordon got an A. Like that's just not like, that's not a good way to go through trying to perfect something. And if you're getting four people together and you're having very little practice, then you're going to make huge errors on the big stage. And I think with the US, it was compounded by the fact that there was all this pressure to to get it right, right? If Japan drops the stick, okay, whatever. If the US drops the stick after having the reputation of what they have of dropping the stick, it's a it's a national story, especially in the United States during the Olympics. It's a big story. Not not, yeah. not the world championships, not that many people are paying attention to, but the United States dropping it, it's like, oh, here we go again. You get that feeling. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting too. Like, do you think the athletes, if you're the best, you could say arguably best in the world, most at least three of the four people on Team USA could argue that they are medal contenders in the world. World, mm-hmm. do you think they don't? They're just like they have this sense of mind that it's easy because, like, oh, like practicing for relay is something that like college kids do it's something for high school i'm a professional athlete who gets paid i don't need to practice baton exchanges that's below my pay grade you know like no no i think like what's i'm happening paid is to run the 100 so... i'm not paid to be in the four by one type deal i i get that i think what it is is there's so much pressure on their individual event and they're 100 percent dialed into their individual event that that's where their focus goes and then once they get through with that then it's oh okay i can take a deep breath now now I'll focus on the relay, but you can't cram for the relay. You can't just be like, oh, what's this? Let's just do a whole bunch of practice within one day. I mean, you saw in 2019 Doha, right? They almost got a limp. They almost got DQ'd in the first round. They almost didn't get through. And then Christian Coleman called a team meeting, got everybody together, said we need to tighten up and, and got them on the same page. But I just don't think there's... There's a reason why college teams practice every single day, like like practice uh, handoffs all season, right? There's a reason why they do that, and it's because practice is helpful in everything in life. But the way track and field is structured, now if they adopted your idea of relay teams qualifying as teams, be totally different. But with the current structure, you're just throwing four people together, and it's the last thing on their mind. They're trying to get their individual event together. That's what they're really worried about. And then after, hey, let's focus on this relay, but there's a huge technical component to it, which is just passing the stick. Yeah. Wild, man. Wild. But yeah, yep. last dance, final two episodes. Hit your <laughs> we'll recap it next week. Near you on Sunday. Yeah. It's going to be great. Episodes nine and 10. Uh, hopefully we'll yeah. see if he wins that sixth championship. I don't know. I don't know. My one thought about it is that like the documentary is kind of glancing over all of the times Michael loses and it's just like we like to pretend that Michael was perfect and was we say six for six six NBA MVP finals MVP six titles he wasn't six for six he lost a lot he lost like seven times in a row before he made his yeah, first in the finals he was perfect yeah in the finals yeah, they say in like, the finals he's perfect yeah yeah but like people think it was just like perfect in the finals means you're perfect in the playoffs but it, i don't know people like dunk on other greats aka lebron james when he loses in the finals but no one is dunking yeah. on michael jordan for losing to the pistons or dunking on michael jordan for losing to horse grant and the Orlando magic like yeah or even dunking on yeah. jordan for banning a team <laughs> i love it it's just like right, we'll, the greatest player we'll of all time it's just given a pass for just bailing on his team twice. I don't know. Well, with the, way, with the 
we could we can go down that rabbit hole next week when we recap the whole series on this podcast. Uh, I, I have some thoughts there, namely uh, okay. the general manager didn't do, the general manager of that team and the owner didn't do much to inspire loyalty. I will. Uh, I will yeah, they say only that. Eh. they only put like the best players around them to win six titles. But you know, <laughs> imagine well, a GM and they put drafting and signing all these great players, and then Michael Jordan's response was like, "Yeah, well, I don't like you." That's my hot well, take. I'm a yeah. That's a that's a bad one, but it's okay. You're allowed to <laughs> you're allowed to have it. Uh, Flowtrackpodcast at gmail dot com. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We will talk to you guys next week. Yeah, I'll be back in Austin. <laughs>